Welcome back to the In Search of Something Different podcast, where we explore new ideas and perspectives from around the world. I'm your host, Bori Wieg, and today we are diving deep into the topic of Tantra with the inspiring Leonie Lewis. Leonie is a licensed therapist, breathwork facilitator, and the founder of Tantra from the Heart. Her grounded presence, relatable stories, and insightful wisdom create a safe and nurturing space for growth and healing. Our conversation was recorded in Kopangan, where I personally experienced Leonie's four-day immersion, which exceeded all my expectations and left me with invaluable insights and tools. In this episode, we explore the true meaning of Tantra and how it can help us cultivate a deeper connection with ourselves and those around us. We'll also dive into important topics such as handling rejection, setting boundaries, and understanding the dynamics of feminine and masculine energies to enhance our personal growth and relationships. Whether you're familiar with Tantra or new to the concept, this conversation with Leonie Lewis is sure to leave you with a deeper understanding and appreciation for this powerful practice. So sit back, take a deep breath, and join us on this enlightening journey of self-discovery and transformation with the wonderful Leonie. Welcome to the show about new ideas on how we live, work, and connect. This is Borivik, your host, and in the following episode, together with my guests and listeners, we are again in search of something different. The reason why I'm really looking for this conversation, there's various, various topics, but I wanna wanna start it somewhere. So um, I met Tantra because of you, and I came to this island seeing all these people smiling and all this, like there's just this weird smile on their faces, and I was just so skeptical about this, like, why are they so smiling? Like they must be faking it. And I did a four-day immersion with you, and I had the same smile. <laughs> And I realized there's so many people who attended to your course and everybody recommended it to me even before getting into the island. Yet, when I tried to explain this to someone, um, uh, I had a 20-minute conversation with someone. And after 20 minutes, when I was like, ex explaining various things about that we can still talk about after an emotion like this, when I was telling it uh, after 20 minutes, he asked me, so... so so, so like, is it like an orgy or? <laughs> so what's the difference? So I was like, all right, so I think we need some kind of, we need to start over. There's so many things that people don't know about, about Tantra. And I would like to start with this question. What is Tantra? <laughs> Easy yeah, question, yeah, right? <laughs> What is Tantra? Uh, you started with a good question. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I also still find it difficult to explain what it is, and I'm still on the journey of uh, uh, understanding what is Tantra, especially feeling what it is. Mm. So not from my rational mind, but from my being. Um, and But one way, if I go to the practical, uh, uh, one explanation I really like, it's about weaving together love and presence, or love and awareness. Mm. So this is, uh, in the essence, uh, Tantra. So it's a form of meditation, uh, in, in a way, or...? Yeah, you want to combine meditation uh, with love. Mm. Yeah, so many things can be Tantra if they're woven together, these two elements. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's why it was so difficult to explain, because there are so many... And then we, we play with this for four days. Uh, but then another thing that I felt... 
um, when I was coming out that people were really shiny and then I just want to get to that point like how is it possible that people get like so shiny after immersion on, uh, immersion but let's just go back a little bit to the beginning so can you tell a little bit about your story how did you start it like where were you coming from how did you end up on Kopangan how did you end up in Tantra mm. yeah. <laughs> and then I'll come back to the question also what is Tantra yeah this is oh, <laughs> a little part of it yeah uh, how did I end up in Kopangan? Uh, I came here 10 years ago, I think, for a holiday. Mm. Um, and I studied psychology, uh, clinical psychology. Okay. Um, so before I ended up in Kopangan, I was uh, giving therapy and always combining some breath work, a little bit of uh, meditation, yoga with therapy. Mm. Okay. So I was always looking for combinations and uh, to work on different levels with people and especially people who had like mental challenges um, and then I went to Kopangan um, and there I started to do uh, get encountered with breathwork first and I saw like wow what a uh, what an amazing tool especially rebirthing breathwork so connected breathwork and uh, I was amazed by how quickly you can go to the subconscious and really rewire certain uh, ideas, limited beliefs mm. about yourself, about life, and also release some stuck emotions. So is it only with the, with the element of breath, with, with the help of breath? When yeah. You talk about breath work? Yeah, that's the, the breath work you work with, the connected breath, so uh, in rebirthing. So you're skipping the pause between the inhale and the exhale and the exhale and the inhale, and you're creating mm. one continuous flow of breath. And somehow, magically, we connect to our inner medicine inside. So this mm. is amazing tool anyway, uh, uh, because it's already there. And, yeah. and this is a natural way for us to release and also to see, like, where are we limiting ourselves and what are our, also our soul desires, you know? We can get visions even. It creates also mm. DMT. Um, so for me as a psychologist, and I really believe in the power of therapy, I believe everybody is it's good for everyone. It's like coaching, therapy, we all, you know, have, life is just very challenging. <laughs> yeah. It's very complex because we're very complex creatures. We have, it's so complex, like, uh, as a human being to manage everything together, your emotions, uh, what society is telling you, your parents, your subconscious, your traumas you have from the past that you don't even remember anymore. Like mm. so much is also subconscious, but it influences us in our daily life. And then we need to, nowadays we don't live in tribe much anymore. So we need to do a lot of ourselves. We need to be independent. We need to have an amazing love life, children, this, work, like it's, it's, and then we have this complexity inside that if we didn't get enough uh, support or clarity and unconditional love uh, when we were young, then then we need to navigate ourselves through life uh, with, with all these thousands of things. Yeah. Which actually, for many of us, if we didn't get a proper foundation growing up, uh, it's very challenging. Mm. Uh, and then one way is therapy just to talk and to unravel things and not to blame your parents or to get stuck in the story but to get a bit more clarity and what do we learn from the past and how can we take it from there so uh i'm going a little bit to sideways boxes opening so when i was giving therapy uh yeah i really see the value and also i received a lot of therapy so it gave me a lot of uh, uh solid foundation a lot of like more clarity inside of myself how to navigate myself in life mm. how to deal with emotions because i wasn't 
thought that uh, when I was young, like how to, I had to figure out a lot of things myself. Yeah. Um, and then when I went to Copangan, I found breathwork. Uh, the rebirthing breathwork, and then I was like, wow, how quickly uh, we can go to the subconscious and get insights and release emotions and, and connect to these emotions that once got stuck because yeah. they haven't been processed uh, when, when I was young or when we were young. And this is called trauma. <laughs> it's so whole, things we hold. So I was like amazed by the efficiency and also about the joy it brings in. So it brings in life force, it brings in aliveness. So compared to the therapy, I was like, wow, therapy is amazing and it's very important, mm. I believe, on the level of the mind and also the emotional level. But if you add this breath work, I was like, wow, this is amazing and it's very joyful. I mm. never realized it could be so joyful. Uh, and it would connect me also to, uh, and when I was guiding people to, yeah, this inner sense of being that's beyond the stories, beyond the emotions, mm. beyond the mind. And then, so this is why I'm explaining this, <laughs> I encountered Tantra. Mm. <laughs> and then I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is next level. This is amazing. Um, so a lot of the Tantra that's offered now and also that I offer um, is Neo Tantra. Mm. And we have the authentic Tantra and I believe I do uh, share the principles of it. Um, and at the same time, the Neo-Tantra is, in my experience, more a little bit more focused on healing. Uh, and um, it's also more giving uh, tools for people in daily life from the modern world, how to work with Tantra. Yeah. Yeah. This is where I, I want to just go back a little bit for that uh, 20 minute conversation that I had, that, because I feel that we do need to say this out loud, that uh, many people think that it's a sexual um, practice and it's like a fully sexual um, practice of Tantra. And when, when I encountered Tantra, I saw that it's so m much more. And then we will talk about the sexual energy during, but it's not, it is, cannot be described as only, uh, only sexuality. And I think this is one of the myths that I want to like kind of debunk oh, with you. <laughs> How much it's only about sex <laughs> or okay. it's an open relationship <laughs> and no boundaries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So this is one of the things. So uh, let me weave together like the question you had in the beginning mm -hmm. about what is Tantra. Also, how did I encounter Tantra? Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, so when I encountered Tantra and Kopangan, I, I, as just a participant, uh, I saw like how fast, especially in a group setting, I can be uh, confronted with my patterns, stories of my mind, and also reconnect to my inner essence. Mm. Uh, that, what I said before, is like beyond uh, mm. uh, concepts, and which is so beautiful. Uh, so I was like, wow, sometimes years of therapy uh, can bring you to a certain place. Uh, and then to take it from there into Tantra, uh, I was like, wow, this is so efficient, uh, so clear and also so enjoyable. Mm. Um, so then I got really, really enthusiastic and I thought, this is my path. <laughs> this is uh, the next step. And this is what I want to, like the rest of my life, explore and unfold and, and play with and understand. Um, yeah. And um, one of the things I found out also, I in the past also thought Tantra is about sex. Uh, mm. It's about the genitals. 
Um, and what it, where the confusion comes from is that in Tantra we embrace everything. So a lot of, it's a spiritual practice actually, Tantra. Mm. And uh, that means that we want to become present and also realize there's, we're connected to everything. So in Tantra we say uh, we are embracing everything that we are. So it's not about transcending from the body up to the universe, but it's also coming down from the universe into the body and rooting down into the earth. And we are born from sexual energy. I call it crea creative sexual life force energy, <laughs> orgasmic love energy. This is where we're born from. So mm. this is our essence. Um, so in Tantra we say, yeah, let's embrace our essence, where we're coming from, and let's embrace our sexuality. Let's embrace also our, our mind. Let's embrace our bodies. Let's embrace our divine nature. Let's embrace our, our darkness. Let's embrace our light. Let's mm. embrace everything that we are. Mm. Uh, uh, so that's where the sexuality is also embraced. So it's a part of embracing everything. And under that is the umbrella is also the sexuality. And what they did in the West, they, um, they mainly focused on the sexuality. And they thought, ah, Tantra is all about sexuality. Uh, okay, what? Yeah, but it's actually about embracing and everything, which mm. includes also the sexuality. Mm. And in Tantra, yeah, you also have rituals around sexuality to work with the power. So it's a part of it. It makes so much sense because when you say uh, that you're embracing every part of, part of you, I just felt that after a four-day immersion, I felt that my self-esteem just, I don't know if it's a good word to say that I, it grew, but it definitely... It, I am where I'm supposed to be, and I'm embracing myself fully. And mm. and uh, and it's the reason why it's super difficult to put uh, our finger on what is tantra, and that's why we're <laughs> both dealing with it. It's that uh, there is so much um, um, so much thing going on. I would say that it is really difficult to express with words. I think this is what, what happens, that it's, uh, we try to, uh, and that's, that's one thing that many people told me about your four-day immersion is like, so when is the theory, like, is it like, you have books and then you talk about it, no, like, we have conversations, but it was also just experiencing something and then trying to put it, uh, put it together. And then when we are talking about self-esteem, um, there's, various thing that we are practicing that I found I think it has to be crucial in our society and I really want to talk about it and then one of the things that I think people here in Kopangan are really amazing of is and especially after doing Tantra is setting boundaries and creating safe, safe spaces um, what do you think about setting boundaries do you think <laughs> do you want to talk a little bit about boundaries um Yes, so in Tantra, the boundaries is like the foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, and in Tantra, I'm just going to every time say a few things about what Tantra is okay, in between this conversation. <laughs> this is going to be the title, what is Tantra? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and again, we, then we still don't know exactly what it is. <laughs> but at least we can get a sense. Um, yeah, so in Tantra, uh, we want to eventually learn to dissolve uh, and to, uh, so we can feel part again of everything while we're on the planet, not just when we die, but <laughs> in this lifetime. 
feel that we are connected. It sounds very cheesy, but we are connected to the moon, the stars, the earth, the air. We are everything. We are the inner uh, cosmos and outer cosmos. And to be able to go to that space, first of all, we really need to um, feel safe in our body. And it's like the first chakra. It's like the foundation. Mm -hmm. Um, so the moment we would just dissolve without any development of boundaries, healthy boundaries, um, yeah, we are still on the planet. We can put ourselves in weird situations. Uh, we can overwhelm ourselves. Uh, so it's about bringing together body and soul mm -hmm. or body and spirit. Um, so to be able to really let go and surrender, uh, you at the same time need to take care of your body and you cannot just allow everybody in your space or to connect to you. Um, mm. So these boundaries and the nervous system um, is really connected to surviving. So a big part of our human being uh, is connected to surviving. A big part of our brain is also still wired for surviving. <laughs> yeah. And in some parts of the world, we still really need it. And in some parts of the world, we, we don't need it that much. But it's still really active. Um, so also to work with this nervous system that's over, I don't know how many years of the development of the human being has been wired to create safety, be mm. in safe space, enough food, enough water, have a tribe around you. Uh, it's still really thinking that, that you know, uh, uh, um, it, it's still for a part really active. It didn't fully adapt to how many people nowadays live, uh, that uh, the physical body is much more safe. So in Tantra to go to this space of uh, surrender, to this space of feeling uh, connected to everything, we also need to take care of, uh, of this nervous system, of uh, our surviving mechanism. Because when the surviving mechanism doesn't feel fully safe, it's very difficult to open the heart because there's no time to open the heart. Mm. <laughs> it's, uh, you need to bring yourself first in the space of safety. Yeah. Uh, and the heart and the creativity and the sexual energy can flow uh, when the body feels safe. If the body doesn't feel safe, it will, it, the energy will get stuck and we will go back more to the rational mind and concepts and analyzing everything. Mm. So this is more general outline why in general uh, in Tantra it's important to uh, to set boundaries because you when you especially work in a group and the normal rules of interacting that society put on us we a little bit move to the side to explore hey is there different ways of interacting of communicating of connecting so this can create confusion mm. so we also come from different culture different backgrounds so it's very important to express the boundaries because we're actually creating a new way of interacting. Because um, in, in, in daily life, for example, you wouldn't just uh, come to someone and, and say, oh, can I give you a hug? Yeah. <laughs> can I hold your hand? Can we breathe together? <laughs> and this is one of the things in my retreats, at least, we do. Uh, and sometimes there can be also misunderstanding in there. Um, so this is also one of the things because there's confusion because we go away from the normal way that's actually more being put on us by parents, society. Mm. We find a different way of connecting and to, we can get into confusion. So it's very important to practice as a group also expressing boundary, listening to boundary, tuning into each other. And the moment the other person expresses the boundary uh, and doesn't go into pleasing then it creates also relaxation, it creates clarity. Mm. Uh, and from this clarity, we can relax and we can start playing. 
and connecting and exploring. But the moment you're working with someone and the, the person is not expressing the boundary and you need to guess, you stay connected to the mind. Oh, um, yeah. So <laughs> this is another thing. Yeah, this is, this is exactly what we were actually talking just before you came here, that, that I had actual difficulties before Tantra. Uh, and, and when we say that it's a, it's, I, I even told you once that it's, for me, it's, it's a three-year therapy only and going for a four-day immersion because I was trying to get to understand how to express my, my, my boundaries before. And then we talked a lot with my therapist about this and how to, you know, like, it's important that you keep your boundaries. And, and, um, and then eventually what, what, what's important, and I, I want to zoom out a little bit from this four-day immersion as well because it is a life skill that I, I believe everybody should have when we are adults, that you you know what you need and then you can express it because once you express this, the other person can actually start, stop guessing what you say. It's not going to be, if if you always need to kind of tiptoeing around each other and, and thinking like, okay, is it good for this person? Is it bad? Like, am I too much? Am I too little? Like, is it okay? Then you're questioning yourself eventually. And that, I felt, decreased my self-worth because I, I, it put me into question myself all the time. So then I, I eventually get to the point that I, I'm not good enough because I was in question about myself. But if I know what I mean and I express this need to somebody else and then the other person does the same thing, then I can, I can be okay with, with who, am I, uh, who am I. But you also said that it also starts with identifying your needs. So it's not that easy to just... Um, setting the boundaries because some people don't even know what are their needs that they need to set their boundaries, right? Yeah. So if you didn't, when you were grew up, if you was not enough space to practice it, and for part of the people that later in life, it's very difficult to really tune in. Actually, what is my boundary? What mm. is my desire? Um, and then the second step is expressing it. And how do you express it yeah. with the fear of maybe rejecting someone, being rejected? How can you express it in a way that you're authentic and at the same time sensitive? So that's the next step. So this is a whole thing, you know, uh, that is uh, not so easy. Uh, but the more you practice it, uh, and first of all, become aware of actually what is moving inside of me? How do I feel at this moment? What is my desire? And knowing that... This boundary and desire can also change. Mm. Depends uh, on the person, depends on the situation, depends on what's happening in your day. Um, and that's another thing that people, uh, at least in my society, don't uh, have enough space for to say, hey, actually, I feel this. And then maybe 10 minutes later, you're like, hey, then now it's a different situation. Actually, this is my boundary. This is my desire. So mm. often we think, okay, we agreed now. So I, I, I just need to do that's it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or I don't, I hear a lot, I don't want to ruin it for the other person. I don't want to reject or hurt the person. Mm. Instead of, hey, no, I'm actually expressing a, a boundary, a desire, and I'm helping actually the present moment because I'm authentic. And only from this authenticity, we can relax and then energy starts to move. Yeah. So you're actually helping each other by putting a boundary or expressing a desire. Mm. Uh, but many people are wired that they are, it's a negative thing. Yeah, uh, and it's better to please. Hmm. Um, yesterday, I was in a. Uh, I was practicing. Let's put it this way. I was in a, a, a group activity where 
we need, we practiced uh, boundaries. And then I said there was this. We went around uh, asking, expressing how I, how we are feeling, and and uh, and then I realized that there is a story that wants to come out of me. And it's usually sometimes my stories just like pop up. I, I communicate a lot in stories, and and the story just popped up when when I was I think like six or seven years old, and I was in uh, in elementary school. And there was this kid who was um, um, left out. He was bullied. And uh, I felt so bad for him. And then he had a crush on me. And I felt so bad <laughs> for him that I went to the bush and kissed him. Um, because I, I, but I had, I, well, I mean, six, so I, I was six, so I cannot say that I was not attracted to him. But I, like, I was not in love with him, you know. Uh, and... Um, uh, uh, I still did it because I felt sorry, and I felt I felt what he felt, and I wanted to wanted to make him feel better, and that became a ritual that we did for like I think mo- weeks or months. I don't know when you're six; it's like it's a time is a different container, but we we did it various various times, um, and I couldn't get out of this because then now that was just a thing that I do, and then I did tell this yesterday when I, when we were in this uh, group activity that I'm afraid that if I'm going to, I still do this when I feel that somebody in a group is being left out or, or being in a, in a, in a different space, then I just want to go there and then make them feel better by, by putting my needs below somebody else's needs. And, and it's, it's a, such a cool thing to, uh, to, to actually practice this, that I can still feel sorry for somebody, but but keeping my energies and saying like, yes, I'm, I'm not going to kiss you in the bush <laughs> just because you had a bad day. Um, and I think many people do this. Many people struggle with people pleasing. Yeah. How is it? So, and it comes from the lack of rejection, I guess. Or where do you think it comes from, this whole people pleasing? Um, yeah, because it, it, yeah, it, again, yeah, your questions have so many layers. <laughs> I need to pick one layer. Just and then, pick one and go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the people pleasing one is, uh, the society we, we grow up in, uh, that you're like, it's better, for example, already like, oh, give your auntie or your uncle a kiss. Don't be so. Mm. Da, da, da. be nice to your uncle yeah. so is it, or your auntie like yeah. and as a child then you're forced to give them a kiss and mm. maybe you don't want it and if you don't then you're not nice yeah. uh, so when we grow up many of us again we hear like that you need to please if you don't you're not a good girl not a not a good boy yeah Instead of thinking, hey, does the child actually wants to kiss on the cheek hello to this person maybe the person child doesn't want it and that's you have the full right not to want that. Um, so this is also something that that happens uh, that we grow up with. It's you need to please, otherwise, in essence, you're not a good boy or or girl. Yeah. Instead of, oh, I would like you to do that, but if you don't want it, it's okay, and you're still okay. Yeah. <laughs> So this is where a lot of things go wrong because children make the interpretation that they're not good as a being and not that their behavior is criticized. We cannot differentiate yet mm. over children. We think it's just fully us. So words come in very strongly. Um, so this one part and the other part is that we also have experience with being rejected or being excluded, many of us. So we are really, if we see someone else being excluded or rejected, 
we identify fully with it and we're like, oh, when it happened to me, it's just so horrible. So I don't want this to happen to the other. So yeah. I'll do everything to prevent it. So it's also a projection of our own unresolved issues. When we go too much into trying to save the person or, or trying to put our needs to the side to help the person, then usually we come from a projection. Mm. We can still really help the person and support uh, but we cannot take over the responsibility. Yeah. And then we come from an unconscious story of the past. And it's usually also our own fear of getting rejected. And mm. um, yeah, so this is, this is very connected to uh, that many people are like, uh, oh, I, I don't want to give that feeling to the other, so uh, I will do everything. To prevent it and then we don't see like hey but the other one is getting a very variable valuable life lesson hey for the other maybe it's not so bad i had it many times mm. in the workshops that uh, people were pushed away by someone like uh, in an exercise uh, we have like a coming and going exercise that you work with bringing somebody closer and further away and one is guiding the other one is following and you just practice feel like where where is the boundary uh it's more like we call the energetic boundary so it's without touch and some people would push someone away uh, and make a sign and the person would step further away from them and they would have a story like oh now i'm rejecting the person i feel so bad the person looks very sad now uh, that's being guided in this exercise, the yeah, whole story. And then later they talk about the exercise and the person was, yeah, I really liked it when you pushed me away. <laughs> it was very like natural, like I felt very safe. And it's like, wow, we make all kinds of stories yeah. uh, and it comes from our own experience. This is how it would be for us. But it doesn't mean it's like that for the other. So to realize that even if somebody is having a really bad experience, in our opinion, there are still life lessons in it yeah. that can be gold, that can be so important for their development. The other thing is that it's often also part of our projection if we start to feel pity. So we can feel compassion, but if we feel pity or sorry for the person, then it's a projection. Oh. And we start to fill it in. So Again, it doesn't mean we cannot help someone, for sure, but it comes from not a, uh, the lack. It doesn't come from lack or I need to save the person. It more comes from, hey, I'm just feeling from a space of peace and love to support this person a little bit. But that it doesn't take energy from me. Mm. And then it actually generates energy. Yeah. So, uh, and, and the other thing is that uh, how we brought up, again, like... Uh, a lot comes back to the childhood. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> and how how are we taught to deal with uh, helping people, uh, but also taking care of ourselves? Mm. Um, yeah. Just there was a story. That I'm laughing because there was this story when uh, when we did one of the exercises, and I saw I saw somebody being rejected, and I felt so bad for him. I barely could. Um, very good focus on my own partner. So it was a partner exercise and I saw somebody, uh, somebody's partner just stood up and left. And, and I felt, uh, felt really bad for that person because I, I felt that he's misunderstood. And, then, and I was so much in his story that eventually my, my partner told me that, uh, partner of this exercise told me that I felt that you're not looking at me like you're not paying attention to me. So eventually he accidentally rejected my own partner because I felt so bad for somebody else. And I made this 
um, I lost the trust of this partner because he all he saw that I was just like looking around in the room and then not focusing on him. And eventually, on the top of that, on that that day, I get rejected as well. And it was actually it's a weird way to say that I got rejected, but some it happened to me as well that uh, we were the chosen partners, and then uh, the partner I chose just stood up and then walked away. And then you always talk about the stories um, that we create in our own heads about why somebody would do something like this, why somebody would reject. And it usually comes back to why you are not good enough. Um, so I tried to get rid of all these, all these stories. And then I have to say, before coming to Kopangan, I had a series of, I would say one and a half years when I got so many rejections that it started to be a pattern. And my therapist was saying to me like, yes, because you are rejecting yourself. And, and then at that moment, when this, when, when this guy stood up and walked away, and I remember you telling like, don't put the stories because I started to say the stories. Like maybe I was just like, I don't know, to this, to that. Like, I don't know. Um, I don't know what were the stories, but then I stopped myself. It's, and then I realized it, it doesn't really matter. But I think we're just so uh, afraid of being rejected all the time that we are not expressing anything eventually. So then we can't even be fulfilled. Yeah, and from there we go into pleasing, and then we actually limit the experience because we put the experience in the box. Yes. And yeah, and most of the, especially if we have a fear of being rejected, we have actually, we bring it into our lives because the, our outer world is a reflection from our inner world. And then we see, oh, I'm getting rejected. But what you say is actually you are rejecting a part of yourself and other people respond to that. Mm. So this is how the inner world and the outer world constantly are a reflection. Um, so the more you embrace yourself, and you're like, yeah, I have these parts. Maybe some people I don't like it that much, and this I do like about myself. So you again, you embrace yourself as a totality, and then the outer experience is really different. And then you can also see that somebody's not rejecting you, uh, because the rejection is actually the story upon something. The, real, the reality is that maybe the person, yeah, is just not into this part. Uh, maybe the person is uh, having a process that they need space. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they actually really like you, but they're getting a little bit nervous, sort of like, I need to step out. I don't know how to deal with this. So there's many options. But we pick out one thing and we're like, oh, the person is, doesn't want us uh, or connect to us. I am rejected. I am not worthy enough. There's something even wrong with my whole being and mm. my whole essence. Yeah. So it becomes very black and white, very limited. And in Tantra, we learn like, hey, somebody's actually expressing their boundary. Somebody is taking care of themselves. <laughs> Oh, this person is teaching me how to deal with this story of rejection and the feeling that's there so I can really expand even more. Wow. So it's a whole, it becomes a whole different experience. And after a while, you can even uh, enjoy rejection. Hmm. And I can tell a little story about it, okay. a personal one. <laughs> it really opened me up. So uh, many, many, I think six, seven years ago, uh, when I was already in Copangan. I had this neighbor and this neighbor, uh, it was really nice, but I was like, I need to stay away from this guy because he's not the type of guy I want to be with anymore. I want somebody more connected to the heart. 
more loyal um, mm. that I can trust more uh, because I for a few years I had men in my life that I felt yeah they're not really there they're not committed uh, mm. I really want to break this pattern but then he was my neighbor and every time he came with some tea some chocolate I had some spiders in the house so he would take the spiders out oh, and save me it's a move <laughs> <laughs> and then slowly I did find some kind of attraction he was very intelligent charming mm. And then eventually we had a sexual connection uh, and I really felt like, I ah, know, I don't want to go on this path anymore. And then we started for like two weeks, we were hanging out and connected where we saw each other all the time. And then I went to some workshop and he also went to the workshop and there he was sitting next to someone else. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what our connection is. Uh, and we didn't have any clear agreement about this mm. also. And then that evening, I heard really loud sounds of, of banging and <laughs> 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 oh, no. wild lovemaking. Uh, and it was in the middle of the night and my whole house was moving, like, <laughs> like shaking. And I was like, oh, what's happening here? And I woke up and, uh, and first thing I was, what came up, I was angry. I was like, how can he do this to me? At least communicate or be at least quiet and tell me the next day or... This is not respect. We were together for two weeks, like intensely. It was Ooh. not that we just, we, we laughed together. We had a deeper connection. Like, how can he do? I'm going to run to him now and tell him that he, he's. And then suddenly I clicked and I was like, oh, I felt, no, I'm not worthy enough. Uh, this woman is more beautiful, more tantric, whatever. Uh, this is just always happening to me because I'm not like this or not like that. So I went to really from anger to low self-esteem. And then suddenly again, click, and I heard a voice in the background, Leonie, it's now or never, or you're moving through it, and or it will happen again and again until you're learning the mm. lesson. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't want, okay. <laughs> so my bungalow was ah, shaking and everything was moving and I hear like, ah, ah, sound next door. And <laughs> I stood up, I raised my arms to the sky. I really opened it and I said, okay, give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard this sound and this movement that would actually really trigger all my insecurities. And I opened up and especially the part of the solar plexus for me. So uh, that's the part, the middle part of the back, the part above the navel, below the chest. It's really this inner authority or inner like um, uh, feeling healthy self-esteem. It's really related to that part. Uh, of the body and I felt it burning, burning and then and my whole body started to shake, 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 shake and, and all the low self-esteem feelings under it just started to shake out of my body uh, and I was just having my hands up to the sky like really inviting the trigger in, the sound and the movement and feeling it fully, allowing the experience fully to move through me and then it took like five, ten minutes uh, a very intense also shaking and 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 yeah releasing layers not from my mind but it would just happen and then I had to laugh I was laughing so hard and I was like why am I laughing <laughs> uh, and and then later the next day I went to this workshop it was like a three-day workshop but I saw him again and and he was a little bit sneaky and a little bit yep. and so I did eventually approach him and told him like hey I don't like it you didn't come to me and you don't speak to me or say something about what happens, you know, we do yeah. have some kind of connection. So I was very clear on my boundary and I said, I really don't appreciate it. And at the same time, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. 
I feel great. I feel amazing. It is just a very valuable experience for me. And I, I still like appreciate you as a human being. And that was for me such an amazing moment in my life that the stories first were, were there. I dropped the stories. I went from anger to a story to a rejection story to just going to the feeling and a sensation that was connected actually to my past as a child. And I fully allowed it and I invite, I, I was like, give it to me instead of no, pushing it away. And this created a huge transformation. It was really this full surrender and I didn't understand it with my mind. And then I realized like, wow, this is actually a gift, even though it was very painful at this moment. <laughs> it was really like, wow. Uh, it really showed me a deep, deep insight. Okay, triggers show actually parts of you that still need healing. Hmm. And the moment we get stuck into the story, we don't go to the deeper layer of the unprocessed emotions that's under it. Uh, and, and, and this was very clear for me. And it was, and it actually brought so much laughter. And after that, I didn't, I wasn't attracted to men like this anymore. Wow. I, 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 the attraction was gone. And before I would still understand it's not healthy men like this, but still I am attracted. Yes. It was, I found it unattractive. Wow. So it was like, I saw a lot of these principles and especially seeing the story of rejection, the, the, the rejection is a story. There's so much under it. And the moment we can access this, we can actually work with it and we can open up so much life force energy. Uh, so, yeah, so these are the principles I use in my work and in the immersion that instead of going to the first layer, oh, I, I don't want to be rejected. No, we all get rejected. We all, or at least, uh, again, the rejection is a story, but we all have experience of this. It's mm. part of human condition, of part of life. Some people like you, some people don't. Sometimes you send out a not nice vibration. <laughs> Sometimes everybody wants to connect to you. It, it's, it's just part of life. We cannot prevent not getting rejection. And then the second part is to learn to actually see it as, yeah, give it to me and, and see it as, ah, it's a, it's a gift. So we can heal certain parts. So we can really tap into this self-acceptance. And self-acceptance doesn't mean that we just think we're great. And we're amazing. No, self-acceptance means like, okay, I'm just not so good in this. For myself, I call that, I have a little idiot inside. I love the word idiot. Many people say it's the wrong word. I said, no, I love it. I think it's so cute. <laughs> I have a little idiot. I'm sometimes very clumsy and <laughs> very this. And, and I like it about myself or, or yeah. So, so to embrace uh, the, the dark, the light, everything, the things we're good at or not so good at, the things we still need to develop. In the moment we're able to see that we're also more changing all the time and we can embrace all these parts of us, that is where actually self-esteem comes from. But many people think it's from just feeling amazing and being amazing. Yeah, so... <laughs> what a story. <laughs> yeah, what a story. Yeah, so, so this is another part of the rejection uh, uh, is that to see it as a story mm. and there's one other part connected to it um wow your questions have so many layers <laughs> is that from a tribal point of view in the in the past if uh if you were being thrown out of the tribe that means you're uh, alone that means you would die in the past because you couldn't survive yeah. without protection of the tribe without the resources of the tribe and you need to mate you need to create offspring tribe is essential so being out is death 
And this is how the DNA is still wired, mm. really strong. And it's something we're born with. It's so wired and you need to be part of the tribe. If you're rejected, you die. This is a very strong pattern. And this is something we need to learn to work with and to see, no, we're not dying. And of course, it's nice to be part of a tribe and we do need each other, but not anymore from the space of I'm going to die mm. if the tribe and I will just put all my own needs to the side to be able to be part of the tribe. In the past, it was needed, but now it's different. So this is something that is also we're working with on a very deep DNA level that we're born with. And this is a program we want to learn to become friends with. Mm. To see, ah, it's maybe not nice if we're not part now of the connection. You see people connecting in a workshop, but I'm not part of it. I'm still okay. And this is a sentence I use a lot. I'm still, I'm not, I don't need to be amazing. I don't, and no, I'm okay. Yeah. Inside, I'm okay. <laughs> and at this moment, I'm not connecting, and that's fine. Yeah. And maybe another moment I am or not. Hmm. There was a story a couple of weeks, weeks ago, uh, no, it's just a couple of days ago, actually, that I got out of a, of, um, of a relationship. It's, it is a, it's a work relationship because I was not rejected uh, in that relationship, but I felt that the other person is not feeling, not feeling a hell yeah around me, or as I say, a fuck yeah around me. So I felt that this person, like, whenever we talk, talk about working together, it was always like, mm, well, you know, like, if you like, maybe like this or, or that. And I think one of the uh, many other amazing things that came out uh, from, from your immersion was for me to understand that I really don't want to surround myself with people and, uh, and interaction where they are not comfortable choosing me when it's not a first choice, when mm. it's not a fuck yeah. So that's something, so that comes with rejection, but I think it's a next level when, okay, there's one, one point when somebody is brave enough to reject you, right? That when, uh, but then the second, when they are not brave to tell you that it's, it's not actually <laughs> good for them anymore. And it's, it was such a liberating moment in my mm. life to say, you know, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a problem. I, but I do want to hang out with people who say, who say fuck yeah for me, you know? Yeah, because when, when there's a clear no, it opens up a yes to something else. Yeah. Yeah. And we want to learn and sometimes it's say like, like be like butterflies a little bit more, mm. but if you get stuck. <laughs> and we're like, oh, it should work. Or, uh, I mean, the energy gets stuck in for a long time. You can be con stuck in this connection. Exactly. And the moment you get to know, it's like, okay, this is not working. And then when the moment we release it, something else comes in. So mm. we, we create space. Yeah. So it's actually also amazing. So we really want to rewire this whole from an evolution point of view, the, like uh, um, and not needing to uh, put all your needs aside to be part of the tribe, realizing that when there's a no, there's a yes for something else, mm. realizing when there's a you express your no, the other one is also can relax. Yeah. Uh, it creates mm. new possibilities. It creates an uh, opportunity to heal old wounds from your past. Uh, so there's so many beautiful things. And this we can only, I believe, it's in just on one-on-one -on -one therapy. The moment we have this in a group, there's so many triggers and so many ways to practice. And you see other people are going through the same thing. 
you're not yeah. alone. And so everything actually the reality and this whole story about low self-esteem, fear of rejection starts to soften. Mm. We can relax a little bit more into it. And the more we are not in these stories, the more we can become present. Mm. And the more we can bring in love to all the layers of ourselves. And this is Tantra. <laughs> so this is why it's so important to work with these subjects, to soften them, to relax them, to actually go to the Tantra more and more, which is weaving together love and presence. And also going to the sexual energy. There's so much shame there. There's so much complexity we see in movies you know people uh, making love and it looks all very romantic and simple but actually sexuality love making it's uh, it's it's very deep deep it can go very deep inside of yourself a very vulnerable place um, and to be able to work with this amazing life force energy this uh, very born from you also need to unravel uh, mm. All the things that have been put on us, uh, that we put on ourselves, the contraction often we hold also in the pelvis area before we can really start working with it. Mm. So a lot of the work, especially now, is also healing to open up the channel, to open up the life force, to calm the mind. So this is part of the Tantra, mm. and the Neo-Tantra. It's really, they say also, no mud, no lotus. So first we need to go in the mud and root down and really feel what is the body still holding, you know, what, what is happening, what is uh, our foundation, where are we coming from? And then the stem of the, of the lotus is like the chakra system and then on top you have the flower. The mm. So we also want to, they say it sounds a bit uh, dark, but from, we want to clear out the poison mm. and from there uh, refine the energy, refine it and, and, and attune ourselves like an instrument also. Yeah. The, the weird thing, so I'm trying to place myself into the, um, the place of the listener and then sometimes I feel that when we are talking about energy and I just want to calm down a little bit the, the listeners with, with this, when we're using the word energy, it sometimes sounds a little bit woo-woo, but eventually when you start practicing this and then if you're doing with, with someone who's as grounded as Leonie, for example, as you, <laughs> then, then you have this freedom to just actually feel i i really felt exactly what you're talking about the shame i had this experience when um we managed to uh get all these amazing life force energy all over my body and everybody we were practicing with this and and then i was just stunned like there was this beautiful energy then there was no shame but only joy and it was just so natural and i really felt that this is i uh, eventually after this i felt like this needs to be taught in school. Like, okay, this we need to have a class around this because there's nothing shameful about this. There's nothing, um, there's actually, it's a really useful thing. And I felt that this energy that we are talking about, I just really felt myself. And because I know that the energy can be sometimes a, a little bit of a weird word for some people, and, but I just really felt myself fully. That was one, one thing that I felt I know the layers. I'm putting extra layers in the Yeah, and, and energy you can see like uh, um, when we eat food, mm -hmm. it's transformed into energy. Mm. So it's, it's even like our digestive system is creating energy. Mm. So if you yeah. look at it from that, it makes total sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is also how we can start seeing energy. Ah, something is transformed into something else, just like food. Mm. 
Yeah. And um, one of the things that I uh, everybody experienced, I, right now I have to add that I feel that we could go on. I have so many things that I still want to talk to, <laughs> talk to you about. <laughs> I will find the, find the end of it. But uh, there's a few things that I definitely still want to bring into to this particular conversation. Um, and one of them that I, I definitely wanted to talk about is masculine and feminine energy. And because we play play with this, and then that's like that could be an, an entire new episode that we, we talk about masculine and <laughs> feminine energy. I feel, but um, what I felt when when we were practicing is that um, this masculine and feminine energy is so complicated in in 2023, and we have so much additional layers, and then gender and all these things. But eventually, when you practice something, I I. Um, I felt for a long time because when people told me that I'm, I'm always in my in my masculine, and then, I, and then I started practicing and I realized it's not true. People put project something on me, but it's not true. I have a beautiful mix of of both, and I also felt like when I I asked someone what is a masculine energy and what is a, what is a feminine energy, people couldn't really pinpoint that. So. Why do you think it's important that we play around a little bit with these energies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a whole topic. Leonie yeah. just looked at the, at the <laughs> clock, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, how much time do we have? <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's a lot of confusion that masculine energy means man, feminine energy means woman. Uh, we have both inside of us, like yin and yang in Chinese medicine. Um, yeah, so I also ch studied Chinese medicine. Uh, and uh, I studied acupuncture, and that really gave so much insight for me also about Tantra. Um, so this, there, there's, um, um, in Tantra we work with this polarity of masculine and feminine. We can also call it yin and yang, mm -hmm. but it's just more easy to get a feeling of it when we say masculine and feminine, because in general, again, in general, men are a bit more connected to the masculine, and in general, women are connected more to the feminine. Uh, but we have both inside, but it can also be the other way around. There are also women who have more connection to the masculine uh, essence and men who are more connected to the feminine essence. But if you look at the female body and the masculine body, um, that has a certain representation of masculine and feminine. So on a physical level, it's, it's often more correct. Um, but it, correct, it's not the right word. It's, it, this is very difficult to explain because <laughs> many people still fall into man, woman. No, yeah, no, no. I know. <laughs> um, uh, so what it is in Tantra, we have masculine and feminine energy. So yin and yang, hmm. for example. And um, one is more, as, a, as you can see, there's two uh, magnets, just like on the earth, as a North Pole and a South Pole. Okay. So the North Pole is the masculine, the South Pole is the feminine. We also have it inside of our body, this inner perineum, between our genitals uh, and our anus. It's the south pole on the top of the head, a little bit in the back, is the north pole. And every cell has a north and south pole and creates, in our body, and creates electricity. Just like the earth is creating electromagnetic fields through this north and south pole, just like when you have two magnets, you have the same on the top and the lower part of our body, and the same in every cell. And in the same, the whole universe works like that. So that's why all the planets are also spinning and creating uh, electricity because it's north and south pole. So this is on a, <laughs> on a uh, microcosmos, uh, the polarity, and we can also have it in between people. Hmm. 
we can play with this. If I connect, for example, we're two women, but at this moment, if I connect more to my feminine and you connect to your masculine, if we practice Tantra through breath, intention, or presence, we can start to create energy together. We can multiply energy, just like two magnets. Mm. So, but this is not really fully going into your question. <laughs> this is just an explanation. So the masculine and the feminine energies point to certain qualities. So the quality of the feminine is more surrender. It's receptive. It's going with the flow. Mm. It's like a river flowing. Uh, it's the creative life force energy. It's the, actually everything that's created on the planet is, is the Shakti, is the feminine. Mm. It's the, the, the things that fill up the space. And then the masculine is like the riverbanks. It's like the space holder. It's like the container, the emptiness. And both, they create uh, uh, life, they create interaction, they, they create, they need each other. So without the river banks, the river is just all over the place. Without the river itself, the river bank is, is just empty and dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so nowadays, uh, it's beautiful that it's, it's, we're going out of like, okay, I'm a woman and I need to behave as a woman. I'm a man and I need to behave as a man. And this is what it means to be a man and a woman. As a child, you wear pink. As a woman, you go, and as a boy, blue. So it's beautiful that it's opening. Yeah. And, and at the same time, I see, at least in my experience and also what I see, that it becomes too confusing, yes. too open. And, and, and it's almost like not good anymore as a woman to uh, enjoy that a man mm. is opening the door for me. Yeah. You know, that a man is, uh, oh, I, I, wait, I will, uh, oh, I will uh, take extra care in protecting, yeah. some, you know, if you need some, or like, hey, are you saving your scooter? Let me fix your scooter yeah. for you. And let me uh, pay this for you. And again, I don't want a man to all pay everything. But if <laughs> I go on a date the first few times, I do like it when the yeah. man is providing and it doesn't mean that i cannot do it so it's i don't want to come from a rigid mm. idea and i really believe in equal rights and everything and at the same time i love to connect to my feminine and for that i love the man to connect to his masculine and sometimes i like to connect to my masculine and the man yeah. to the feminine but if i'm especially in relationship uh if we want to create this electricity if you want to create this this magic, you know, that you can have with someone, even though you don't talk, sometimes you can meet someone and you're like, oh my God, I feel so much electricity. I, we didn't even speak. <laughs> this is called the power. This is polarity. This is this masculine feminine. And still, it can be two men together. It can be two yeah. women together. So with this, uh, the moment it becomes too equal. So imagine you have two magnets that are the same. What happens to the energy? It just drops down. Mm. Or, or it comes to contradictionary. It doesn't work. Or it falls. Uh, I said it, it's, it, it's, there's a, so if you both become masculine in a relationship, yeah, it's the same energy or mm. both feminine. So with this also, uh, um, uh, in nowadays, like, yeah, there's a lot of gender uh, confusion and I still believe it's beautiful that we can go beyond the gender and that's what we do in Tantra. And at the same time, yeah, I do have a female body and I like to work with it. And I like to connect to my feminine essence a lot. And I have a sister, she's actually much more connected to her masculine energy. And she, that's her way of living life. And now she's also exploring her feminine more of it. Mm. But that's her way. So again, it's really not gender specific. Um, but to also allow yourself nowadays to feel like, hey, uh, I, I can I play with both? So, so uh, can I, uh, and, and you still can have preference. Uh, instead mm. of, oh, I should be now man, woman, I should be masculine, feminine, I should be everything. Uh, 
um, it becomes very confusing and in a relationship it can become too equal, too much the same. So the sexual energy goes. And this happens a lot. Uh, mm. I think in modern society, especially in Holland, where I'm from, mm. the uh, women are pretty practical. A lot of to-do lists. Everything needs to be organized well. Mm. So you become together, a relationship becomes a to-do list. And then you also need to have wild sex and lovemaking and attraction, <laughs> but you both become too masculine. Yeah. Or here in Copangan, <laughs> the men in general uh, become too feminine for me. Uh, and, for, uh, and then they all talk about their problems and they want to be held. And then I'm like, yeah, but wait a moment. I've, I've become now like a therapist. I've become like a space holder. It's too much femininity for mm. me. Uh, so, so, so it's yeah. good. And again, it doesn't mean that men cannot talk about their emotions. Men cannot cry. It's beautiful. Uh, but if it's the balance gets lost too much, uh, then that's for me, the attraction goes. Mm. Yeah. So, and what other thing is that, uh, uh, the, in the past, in the tribes, the men will be initiated in a vision quest. They're like, okay, now you're 15, 16, you go to the mountain. Mm. Go and do uh, a vision quest. Go, and it means like be in nature for your, with yourself. Uh, survive yourself. No water, no food. You really need to make fire, yeah. you know? Feel this healthy masculine energy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the healthy masculine energy means you can make a fire. Mm. You know how to provide food. You know how to be present. You can sit on the mountain with yourself. Uh, deal with your demons, you know? And, yeah. and, and, and so this is also missing. In the, there's no initiation anymore. And the same for the women also, like you're getting your period. It's a celebration, connecting women to women when you're having your period also. Uh, uh, anyway, sharing things, uh, you know, uh, like really going into this feminine uh, energy together and the celebration of the feminine body and how to see your body as a temple. Hmm. Uh, so, so a lot of initi initiation is missing. <laughs> So that also creates confusion. How to how to be with this feminine body? How to be with this masculine uh, mm. body? How to how to if, um, work with these different energies? How to play with it? Uh, there's so much confusion. Uh, and then um, also the Me Too whole situation. Yes, I was about to say that. Yeah, <laughs> not to go too deep into that. <laughs> Uh, which, and again, I, I, it's always different sides. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not choosing a side. Uh, it is very important that women, start, especially women, started to speak up. Yeah. And, uh, and it is true that more women have negative experience with being abused, boundary crossed. So it is good that uh, yeah. it came. And at the same time, so I agree with that. And at the same time, I see men also have been abused, mm. also sexually abused, emotionally abused, used to go into the army. Yeah. So there's a lot of abuse there that mm. sometimes is really often is being overlooked that it's only the women. Yeah. Also, men have experience with really boundaries being crossed uh, or being misunderstood that, that it's just the culture and the women jump into conclusion. Or that they, yeah, a lot of men's stories came out that it's also not true. Yeah. And many stories are true. Yeah. So, so I just want to acknowledge that, that it's, it became a man against woman. Yeah. Uh, and, and so at the same time, I really believe it's important that it came out. And, and, and at the same time, the next step is then how can we work together again? Because so, now so many men are so afraid to get into a me two story, also an immersion, and they don't dare to, do anything anymore and the women are like hey why are you not you know uh showing yourself uh, because they're really afraid to hurt women mm. uh, and uh and they don't also trust enough that women will speak up 
And also for the women, we need to learn to communicate more clear. We need to say, hey, and that for that we need sisterhood. Yeah, so the moment we feel sisterhood, we are like, hey, actually, we need to learn this, teach this man. Like, no, this is not how it works here. Mm. Maybe you were taught this in this culture, but no is no. Mm. It's not a maybe mm. yes. Mm-mm. Let's stop the situation. So it has many things we together as men and women can and need to learn to cooperate to take it to the next level and know, okay, we all want beautiful connection. And we all want to have the same intention. How can we use the masculine quality and the feminine quality to make something more be- beautiful? Because it has a lot of both have beautiful qualities and they, mm. they, they need each other to, or, or when they work together, it's amazing. And now it in Me Too, it became a little bit like, oh, uh, it's more separation. Yeah. yeah, I think we need a little bit of time of healing from the shock that was happening in me too so there was like i think many beep many men were like we had no idea that this is happening to you and um that's why it was amazing that we spoke uh, but eventually what you said uh, they now really careful and not because not because they're afraid that we're going to sue them but because they started to mistrust that we are going to communicate yeah and then one of the things that uh, i i think one of the sexiest thing that i ever told a man uh mean by an encounter uh is that i said i i feel safe with you mm. and as soon as i said i say i feel safe with you he could be in his masculine so much and take over and you know being super playful and and get this animal instinct out of him because not only he knew already that i'm feeling safe but also he knew that he can trust me, that I'll tell him when I'm not. And that was an amazing, amazing experience for both of us. Yeah. That was creating such a safe place for both of us that I just only said, I feel safe with you. And this is just a tiny, tiny part of communication when we say about communication. We not only need to say no, but we need to say yes. This is it. This is what I want. This, is, this, this makes me feel amazing. So keep keep doing and then not lie about it. You know? yeah. <laughs> Another thing that's important. Yeah, yeah and, and this is the next step. Uh, I really, really, instead of looking what's wrong and what we don't want, the same thing, okay, what is right and how can we build upon that? Yeah. And, 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 and we all have unhealthy masculine, unhealthy feminine inside. And the unhealthy masculine, for example, is too controlling, too much in the mind, um, not being sensitive enough, too much goal-orientated. And the unhealthy feminine is too emotional, too all over mm. the place, dramatic. Um, so, so we have that inside, and we have healthy and uh, masculine and healthy feminine. Uh, so the yeah. healthy feminine oh, yeah. is going with the flow, being creative, spontaneous. Also, wow, the feminine yeah. is super wild energy, amazing. <laughs> it's uh, it's alive, you know. And the healthy masculine is really being present, holding the container, being able mm. to to let the feminine flow and move around, and being present. Connected to uh, the center, uh, so so it's up to us. This is the reality. Uh, we all have this inside. You can these four parts in a way, mm. and then we can uh, work together and say, how can we focus more and let focus on the healthy masculine and the feminine, and the unhealthy that it becomes friends of ours, mm. and then we learn a way to communicate, to befriend it, to take yeah. care of it together, yeah. uh, and then we can transform in. You know, so many things. 
instead of only focusing what is not good, which is a good start yeah. uh, and really important uh, because we did create a more awareness of how much abuse there is uh, and how the, the, the feminine, the women are more vulnerable. It is, mm. uh, um, and how it's important to speak up. But I hope now we will take it to the next level of how to unite again and really use yeah. each other's qualities. Yes. And I, yeah, I hope, and that's what I try to do in the immersions, also in the Tantra immersion, is to, uh, to see again, we all are suffering, you know, the masculine is suffering, yeah. the feminine is suffering. And the masculine does have sometimes needs clear communication, needs the feminine to go more to the heart and tune in and understand, oh, and the feminine needs also the masculine, uh, mm. you know, needs is not the right word actually, but it can really be empowered by the masculine also in, okay, let's stay present, let's focus, let's uh, uh, create a container. Uh, um, so, so it's really like beautiful to, uh, to get the opportunity of men and women to reunite again uh, mm. and, and see that uh, we have all this inside of us. Yeah. Yeah, so the separation is getting less and less, and then we can go to cooperation. Mm. I wanted to have a finishing tone, uh, <laughs> kind of. Um, we just started. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would like to, so I've never seen, I don't think I've seen something like this before when people I go so crazy after attending a 4-day immersion. Everybody who I know is like became... I want to say you're a soldier, but soldier has a negative connotation, but like we all want to spread news about what about your work. And even though we started with like, what is Tantra? We're like, mm, we don't know, but <laughs> we just know that it's really healing. It's really helpful for a lot of people. Um, so I know that you're now expanding uh, and, and then you have a mission. Do you have... Can you put, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if you can answer this question you can just say, I don't know, but let, let's see what happens. But do you have a mission that you can articulate? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try to wrap it up together. Um, so one of the things uh, I believe is happening now if, is, yeah, if we do go to the sexual energy, uh, which is part of Tantra, um, is that there's so much confusion there, so much abuse so many people not connected to it in a healthy way. And this sexual energy is connected to our essence. It's the energy we come from. So one of my missions is to help people again to release the shame uh, around their essence, mm. release uh, the stories and bring it back to its natural state. And the natural state is that we can use this energy to make love and have sex. You can also use this energy to open our hearts, to write a business uh, project. It's a huge source of energy that uh, is there. It's like a cooking pot. Mm. But we don't learn in school from our parents' society how to work with this. And then people go into porn, they go into misusing it, they disconnect from it. And this is a very limited way of working with this energy. It's, it's amazing, beautiful energy in the moment we're able to connect to it, release any traumas or limitations and, and learn to uh, regulate it. Or, or, and you can learn it especially also in Taoist Tantra. There's beautiful practices there. We can learn to refine this energy hmm. and to play with it. So imagine you have a cooking pot and, and, and there's like some steam coming up and then suddenly uh, you just throw it out. Uh, um, uh, so you, you, you're, you're expressing the sexual energy in, a, in a, just a sexual way of you, you're releasing it. Um, 
Um, or you're just not cooking the pot because you're like, oh, it's, it's, it's not so good to connect to it. But you learn in Tantra, you're cooking it, uh, mm. this energy, and then steam comes and you're like, yeah, let's use this steam. Oh, beautiful smells are coming. Wow, it's, it, this and this is created from it. So uh, uh, we, can, we can use this energy, expand on this energy so much and connect deeply to nature, connect to life. Um, uh, so this is one of my missions <laughs> to help people get to go back to its energy. And the moment it's not repressed, it's very beautiful. The moment it's repressed, it can become really dangerous, uh, abusive energy even. And that's what a lot of people have experience of. Or it becomes very horny energy and you just need to, you know, uh, throw it out there. Uh, we want to mature it. We want to learn to play with it. See it as beautiful, divine energy that can be very exciting, very, you know, wild. Uh, um, so this is one of my missions to rewire, but this has been from generation to generation to generation. Even the shame bone, and that's you called shame bone, the bone oh, the, wow. in the pelvis, shame yeah. bone, shame hair. We're mm. so wired and they should be ashamed of, of actually our, 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 our being, where we're coming from. So this is one of my missions uh, to help people just to connect to this energy. And even in meditation, you can connect to it. Even just breathing, visualization, it doesn't need to be even an interaction with the other. Yeah. And to, to bring it back to its natural state. And then we can use it for amazing things. We can use it when we go on a hike. You know, uh, so that it's not just limited to the genitals, to having ejaculation, mm. uh, being in the bedroom, but that there's so many possibilities, infinite. Yeah, so this is one of my missions. <laughs> it's not an easy one because the brain is so wired. Yeah. And that's when we go back to the beginning of the conversation, also Tantra, oh, did you have an orgy? And it's actually the opposite. <laughs> yes, you can have an orgy also in Tantra. Everything is possible. But the idea is actually the opposite. It's about learning to expand this energy and to understand its power and its beauty and that it's connected to the universe, the universal flow. And uh, so this is the idea. And so many people think it's an orgy or doing this. And that's actually, the Tantra is the opposite. Mm. Uh, it's, 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 it's so infinite and so beautiful and so big that uh, we want to take it out of the, the limited uh, mind idea that we have. Uh, yeah. I think it's going to work. <laughs> I have such a faith in this. Um, um, so, Leonie, you're going, to, going on tour. <laughs> yes, I'm going on tour. <laughs> um, I don't know when you guys are going to listen to this, but uh, I think the, the safest if you just like go to Tantra from the Heart website, where there's going to be also information about the upcoming immersions. I highly recommend everybody to travel wherever Leonie is and then participate and also take three days out after the immersion <laughs> because we didn't talk about that part, but uh, it needs some time until you get back to your senses. And, and yeah, take, take, a, take a holiday and then go, go, to, go to this journey because I think this was for me one of the he most healing four days that I ever participated. And then now you can... I think now you can, listeners, they can have a little bit of a, a glimpse of what we were talking about and what's happening without actually telling what's happening on an immersion. <laughs> and, and I really hope that you're just as excited about um, this coming to everyday life because I think it's happening. I think the future, I really feel that the future is going to 
contain Tantra as a natural practice next to many other things that are now fashionable. And, um, and I'm looking forward to, to see this, this bliss. And also, I'm so grateful for, for this conversation. It was a bliss. I really mm. enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I wish you good luck with everything that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Thank you so much. You are listening to the In Search of Something Different podcast, where we talk about new ways and ideas on how we live, work, and connect. If you like this episode, don't forget to give us a five-star rating as it helps in this world. And also, you can say hi on Instagram. You can find the show under In Search of Something Dash Different. I'll come back to you soon with the next episode, but until then, don't forget to stay curious.